Good morning. Would you please stand and sing with us? pray with me please dear god we thank you for this beautiful day and for another opportunity to come together to worship you we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds to you so that we can focus on your word in jesus name amen please turn and greet your neighbors please turn. 
Good morning. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. So grateful that you're here with us. The few, the proud, the Labor Day Sunday participants on the day after a Clemson football game. Right? We believe in radical hospitality. Let me tell you a little bit about that. We're not going to have to worry about it today with parking. But as we continue to grow, it will be increasingly helpful for you to park on the Church Street side of our church. We've got tons of parking in front of the McCleskey Todd lot that we own. And we actually own the grassy lot too. So if you have an SUV or a truck and love to take it off-roading, you can off-road into the parking lot, the grassy lot over there. We own that and it gives us extra space. I want to give you an opportunity to uh, share prayer concerns with us. If you would like to write a prayer concern down on a card that will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group, if you'll raise your hand, our ushers will bring you one. If you'll please, uh, please print legibly so it'll be easy to read and we can share it in worship and also um, with our Tuesday prayer group that meets every week. We have a site called Constant Contact, which Aaron is uh, running for us, which we're going to send newsletters twice a week. You know how y'all would get emails here and emails there and emails here and emails there and then every once in a while there'd be an email that we forgot to put something in the email? There's going to be two. It's going to come from Constant Contact. It's going to come on Tuesday and Thursday. And so news that you get about our church will come on Tuesday and Thursday and we can get a total statistics on opening and reading those emails. You know where we are right now? We're at about 60% opening and about 30% reading all the way through. So we've got room to grow. There's probably a great reason why some of you are missing it. It's because it might be in your uh, promotions folder in your Gmail or maybe in your junk folder because it thinks it's something that's there to harm you. It thinks it's spam because it's coming from a corporation. So double check that. Look in your junk mail, look in your promotions, and you'll see an email that comes from one of our emails, uh, Joe or Aaron or Beth at memorialgreer.com. You'll see that. Um, we believe in intentional faith development. And there's a new thing coming uh, in that realm, and that is a women's Bible study on Sunday nights in the bridal suite, or the wedding parlor, or the, what, I gotta come up with a name for it. Uh, there may already be a name for it. It's a really nice room off the sanctuary where the prayer group meets on Tuesday. And so a number of those women help us on Sunday nights, but they'll be in a rotation of helping us. And when they're not helping us, they're gonna be there. Um, so you can uh, talk to Marsha Mays about that if you would like to join it. Um, teachers, if you're teaching on Sunday morning at 10, you should leave during the last song of this service so that you'll be there. We're really trying to end at 9.45 so that everybody can get to drop off in Sunday school and get to your Sunday school and do everything you can. But even if we end early, teachers need to leave a little early so that they're in the classroom when everyone uh, leaves the worship service. We have no programming tonight um, because of Labor Day. We'll resume again next week. And I uh, want to remind you of... Um, online giving. You can go on our website, you can click on it, you can uh, um, text to give, you can set up recurring giving. It's a very easy way to give. Soon enough you'll never see the Cates put a check or cash into the plate again because uh, we'll be set up uh, for recurring giving. Um, let's pray together uh, to begin this portion of our service. Lord, we thank you for reaching out to us. We thank you for providing a table. And on the night in which Jesus broke bread with his disciples, there were no fancy plates or cups. 
there were no fancy invitations. There was a gathering of people trying to understand what was swirling around them, what was about to happen, and what they were going to do after Jesus was crucified. In the midst of all that insanity, confusion, anger, fear, you offered love. So as we experience those things in varying degrees for varying uh, reasons in this life, we ask you to focus on the table this morning to help us focus on the table that we may feel that love for us. Inspire us this morning, Lord, and teach us with the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Remember to use this thing. We continue in our series this week, um, reading Bishop Will Willimon's book, Fear the Other, No Fear in Love. Very simple book, very short book, challenges us in a number of different ways. And uh, it is helping us choose our texts uh, for Sunday mornings. And today we're reading from Ephesians chapter 2. Remember that at one time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So Paul, writing a church in Ephesus, let's look at a picture of Ephesus. Let me give you some fun facts. Paul's writing to a church that he helped start. Ephesus is what we now call Turkey, or is in that. It's 1,100 miles from Jerusalem. So to give you a comparison, if... Jesus was born in Boone, North Carolina. He did a number of the things that he did, all the um, parables and the healings and the teachings at Lake Junaluska. He went down to Atlanta and was tried and crucified. They are now hearing about it in Omaha, Nebraska. That's how far away. And so this is now spreading further and further and further. And these people, that far away, without any uh, news service, or without any ability to search what really happened, are hearing bits and pieces of what happened in Jerusalem. And as Paul starts this church, he writes them trying to encourage them, trying to give them understanding and hope and purpose. The big thing he's trying to do today is remind them of a couple things. He says, y'all remember when you were separate from Christ? These are people who are now followers, and he's saying, you remember when you didn't know that? When you didn't have access to teaching or healing or serving, you just kind of on your own. Y'all remember when you were excluded from citizenship? Never secure in who you were, what you were, where you were. Y'all remember what it felt like to be an outsider? He says, y'all remember when you were without hope or without God? You were on your own. He wants to remind them of these things, these critical things that cause us to be anxious, that cause us to be sad, that cause us to lose hope, 
there's an important reason why people have short memories. When they're included now and they're in this family now of Christians and believers, and when they have a little confidence now and they know that God loves them, they're inclined to forget what it felt like before. Let's look at your quote of the day. This is from Bishop Williman. Xenophobia is not only historical, it's biological. This is um, fear of the unknown, fear of an unknown person. Neuroscientists can demonstrate how our brains constantly judge whether the events or persons whom we encounter will hurt or help us on the basis of whether they minimize danger or maximize reward. That interesting, our, our brain, as we are meeting other people or even talking with other people that we meet all the time, is constantly doing calculations as to whether this person is worth my time. And your body language gives that away if you're not holding on to it. Your attention span gives that away if you're not holding on to it. And if your brain is thinking uh, something really bad could go on here. Um, I said something in the podcast where if I'm going into a room and I don't know many other people, if you watched me, my um, body is not calm. It's not staying towards the center of the room. I'm thinking, where's a wall? And if I could be on the wall and if I could be near an exit, that'd be great. If there's a door over here, that way if anything, if any social interaction is not perfect for me, maybe I can just bolt out the door. I'm talking to someone, I'm thinking, what is everything that could go wrong in me talking to this person? When your brain makes connections and they're wrong, and then they're imprinted in your brain that this person is connected to this person, or this is this person's name, or this is this person's job, and if you say, now, this is a tough season for you, right? And you go, why? Well, accounting. I'm a construction engineer. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go over here. Now, it's tough to pay for uh, college now, right? Isn't it? I don't have a child in college. Hmm, fantastic. And if I'm trying to come up with targeted questions that are actually personal to that individual, I'm going to struggle. And if I'm going to struggle, then my brain's making calculations that's saying nothing in here is worth the pain of saying something wrong or doing something wrong with this person or with this group. Now that's a silly version. But think how you do that in the workplace or in your home. Are you more inclined to listen to a person if they're of some value to you in this moment? Are you less inclined to listen to the person if they're not of some value to you? So you're saying, you know how you fear these people that are just on the other side of the wall? And we've mentioned this for a couple weeks now. We can't take for granted that when we get new people in, we go, oh, good new people, people who want to be part of our church. This is exciting. For them, that person could be a spy who wants to end everything they're doing. Because Jesus, they wanted to end him. They wanted to end any of his followers. They wanted to end any of his churches. He says, you know that person that could truly harm you? You've got to let them in. You know that person that could dominate the situation or the conversation? You gotta let them in. You know that person that always says that thing in that moment? Yeah, you gotta let them in. And you say, well, why? 
What are they worth to what we're trying to do? And he emphasizes, you remember three things? Remember when you were separate? You remember when you were excluded? You remember when you were without? Let's look at verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Let's look at your last point. Destroying with peace. You think they talk about that in the Pentagon? Mm-hmm. I think they talk about that in um, college football locker rooms. Yeah. I think they talk about that in uh, uh, high-rise boardrooms. Hmm. Now, in order for me to exist, you need to not exist. Because if you exist, you threaten my existence. If you're thriving, you're, threaten, you're threatening my ability to thrive. Fascinating that he says um, he put to death their hostility with his death on the cross. That's some deep stuff that has a lot of layers to it. He didn't do anything violent as they were doing one of the most violent things that could ever be. And so he's, what Paul is saying is that Jesus put to death their hostility with peace. So what's he destroying? Well, there's social elite at that time. There's political elite at that time. And there's religious elite at that time. At first, they ignored him. At second, they dismissed him. And at third, they said, you're a threat and you are a threat to what we are trying to be. And you've got to go. They're squashing his life out, extinguishing his human life. At every opportunity to say, this is the end of what Jesus was trying to do. But Jesus destroyed their violence and exclusion with peace. So consider something as you're coming to the table this morning. And I love the United Methodist liturgy that we read where we acknowledge the ways in which we fall short, but also acknowledge the fact that God continues to love us and gives us opportunities. When you're coming to the table, consider times in which you've thought, I can't do what I need to do if this person's here. And if I can get them to go, I can do what I can do, what I want to do much faster and much more efficiently. And when you're thinking that, think God invited us out of separation, out of exclusion, out of a life without hope, so that we could join together at one table. We could break down barriers. And we can invite people to God's love and peace, regardless of what's swirling around us. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy. Your relentless mercy in the face of our violence against things in which we think shouldn't happen. Our violence when we're inconvenienced. Our violence when we're threatened. Our violence when we want what we want and need the other person to move out of the way. Make us aware of the things that we do to separate ourselves. Make us aware of the things that we do to exclude others. Make us aware of the hope that you continue to offer us. The joy that you continue to offer us. The table in which you bless us. And keep our hands open to those around us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join me in our affirmation. And it's a little different. We're trying a new one. So you'll need to read along. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is all over His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in the words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. Please be seated. If you'll join me in the communion and liturgy with your part in the bowl. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's important to corporately acknowledge that so that we know everyone to either side of us and in front of us and behind us have fallen short just as we have and to acknowledge that we have. It's also important to announce God's forgiveness. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. I'm going to call the band forward for our offering. And I'll remind you that um, we have every opportunity for you to give. Every chance that we can reach out to our community and all the agencies that we celebrated in the past year and all the ways that we can reach out to our youth, our children, our senior adults, and welcome them in every way. We're grateful for your contributions. And we will use them faithfully.
On the night in which he broke, uh, on the night in which he sat with them, he broke bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, "Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me." After the dinner, he took the cup. He gave thanks to God. He said, "This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many. A new opportunity, a new hope, a new purpose, a new family." gathered around this table. In the United Methodist Church, all who want to come forward for communion are welcome to do so. We serve by intinction, which means one of our servers will give you a piece of bread, and the other one will hold a cup 
and will uh, you dip the bread into the cup and eat it and return to your seat. We have gluten-free bread for those that need it. And it's here. You just come to the table first and then come to the line. You'll come by the middle aisle and be served and go back uh, around to the outside. The table is open.
please stand for our final hymn.
I will be gone for continuing education this week, and then we are going to a Tennessee game. We go to one a year, so I'll be gone this weekend. Uh, Reverend Dennis Lee is a retired minister uh, who last served in Spartanburg. He's in the traditional service all the time, sings in the choir. He'll be leading both services next week. And if you take a bulletin home with you, you see, you'll see a pastoral care emergency phone number. If you call that number every single time you have an emergency, it will go to the right person. Remember next week uh, to park in the grassy parking lot and in the far parking lot uh, so that we can welcome guests to our church. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Great week.